You're listening to The Support Report with Be Present, where we share real stories from young adults and how support changed their lives. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Support Report with Be Present. I'm your host, Justin Peters, and my guest today is Eddie Torres. And Eddie, he came on to discuss his journey battling ALL, and he also brought with him one of his childhood best friends, Isabella. So uh, um, Eddie, Isabella, welcome to the podcast. I want to start with you, Isabella. Um, why don't you just tell the audience a little bit about who Eddie is just outside of ALL, you know, growing up with them, knowing a ton about him. What, what kind of person is Eddie? Eddie is the brother I never had. Um, <laughs> when I went to college, actually, I moved away to Hawaii and he needed a place to stay. And he stayed in my room and he got a key to my house before my sister did actually. <laughs> so just to like give like the impact Eddie has had with my family. Uh, I've known him since we were in fourth grade. We were in the same class together and we've been friends since then. And throughout like his whole like AL journey and like the whole college journey, we've just been like friends with each other. It's just been like, the same <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't changed as a person huh i mean he has like of course he has it's been since fourth grade but <laughs> he's, it's like he's he's uh, grown up a little bit he's he's put on a little bit of height <laughs> yeah just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and and mm-hmm. uh, if you were to describe eddie in three words what would you say um uh, three words <laughs> what three words come to mind <laughs> Disney <laughs> comes to mind, family <laughs> comes to mind, and probably dance. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm excited to explore those three. I did hear uh, that he loves to dance, and I'll, I'll circle back around on that later into this podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, Eddie, why don't you walk us through your cancer resume? Tell us a little right, bit about, um, about the story, the journey, where did things get started? Yeah. So I'm 20 years old now, and I was diagnosed when I was 17 in 2017. And I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, also known as ALL. And I recently just ended treatment uh, this April 2020. Congrats. And it's been, felt like 10 years to me, Mm. Um, but with the support of family and friends, like I was able to get through every obstacle and yeah. So, so what, what initially started, like, how did you find out that you had ALL? Yeah. So a month before I was diagnosed, I had went on a trip to Mexico, like with family and over there I had randomly fainted. And we thought it was just, oh, you're dehydrated, or we were at high altitude, so it must have had done with that. Um, And we came back home to San Diego, and I started experiencing more symptoms like uh, bleeding gums and nausea and fatigueness. And there was just this one day where um, I had, like, felt so drained and so weak and tired. Like at school, I couldn't walk from one class to another. Um, And even a friend and a teacher pointed out that I didn't look good. And 
I came back home and I told my parents and my parents had knew something was going on, that there was something going on. And they had taken me to the doctor the next day, which was Friday the 13th. And that night they diagnosed me with ALL. And I didn't find out until the next morning, which was January 14th, January 14th, 2017. And that had actually been my birthday. So the first thing that I woke up to on my birthday was that I had ALL. Mm. Man, that's a, that's, that's a tragedy. What was your initial feeling whenever you heard that? It didn't hit me at first, honestly, like, uh, I was too excited, too young, like about my birthday, you know, um, they had told me at ALL and I was just like, so I'm not going to be leaving the hospital today. <laughs> yeah. um, like, when am I going to go home? And uh, they had to like, give me the news that I'm going to be have to, I'm going to have to stay there for a month, uh, maybe even two months, like for the first part of my treatment. And I was really bummed out it still didn't really hit me. Like I kept thinking like, Oh, I'll just, I'll be better soon. Like after these couple months, like I'll be fine. Mm. Um, but I kept getting sicker and sicker. Like I felt like I was being like, like stripped away from like, of like being normal. Mm. And, uh, uh, and, at one point it did hit me. I say like, it was like, it hit, it hit me randomly, just like one day at the hospital and I just started crying all of a sudden. And, and I just realized like, wow, like this is my life now. Yeah. Hmm. And what was, what was your understanding or experience with leukemia or cancer before that did you did a family member go through any of this or did you know a lot about the disease no I didn't know a lot about it um uh I did uh hear of it I heard of it and I knew like it was a cancer and uh I, but I didn't know much about it. I had a ton of questions. I still have questions to this day. I'm still learning everything about it. And um, I didn't have any family members at the time who also had leukemia. Mm. Um, but actually, like two months later, I was diagnosed. My uncle was diagnosed with uh, a type of leukemia too. Not the same leukemia, but mm. wow. a different type. Mm-hmm. So, so Isabella, what were, what were your feelings whenever you heard the news? Uh, I actually remember like exactly where I was when I heard the news, but like, I didn't like register that it was such a big thing. I was like, okay, like I, I feel like the way it impacted me, I like in my head, I thought like, okay, Eddie has like a broken ankle or something. He'll be back in like a month. Hmm. But then like, we would go to school and then it, it obviously like, circled through like our dance team like what had happened but I don't think any of us really like registered what had happened until like a month or so after because we were like oh yeah Eddie's like not gonna be back for a while but 
yeah, I didn't even really register how serious it was until much later also. Hmm. So, so Eddie, you were mentioning you were in the, the hospital for a few months, walk us through what treatment looked like, you know, what, um, you know, how, how long was it just those, those first couple months that you're in the hospital or how long were you there? And, and what did the typical day look like? Um, those first, like, like one to two months that I was in the hospital, like, like I said, I felt sicker and sicker every day and, like, I don't, there were some days where, like, I don't even remember, like, what happened, because I've always told myself to put myself to sleep, because if I fall asleep, then I wouldn't feel sick, I wouldn't feel the pain. Mm. Um, so I would try to sleep as much as I can, because I just felt so sick and in pain, like, I didn't, I didn't want to handle it anymore. Um and uh that was like those first two months and when i was sent back home the next year uh i would still like i would be back home but it wouldn't feel like i'm back home because i'm having to constantly go back to the hospital um and when i do go back to the hospital they're like like one to two week long visits sometimes even longer mm. Like, I would go home for like a week, and then I would have to go back to the hospital for another three weeks or something. And that was the whole like, next like, like year and a half, maybe. And um, were you in the pediatric side? Or when you stayed in the hospital? Who did who was typically around you? Um, was that? Um, it was in the, like, hematology clinic. Okay. Sorry, I'm not really oh, sure. No. Uh, <laughs> you're you're going to know more than I will, Eddie, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was the hematology clinic or hemonc mm-hmm. or something uh, for Radies Children's Hospital. Okay, and you're at Radies. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Isabella, did you ever get the chance to visit Eddie in the hospital? Yeah, I think I visited him. He had like a mini birthday party there once and we were just outside. But then another time I had come like just by myself. I had come from work mm-hmm. and I actually like went up to the floor and we just went around like we went to like one of the small rooms and like played video games in there and stuff. But right. I only visited like a few times. Okay. And whenever you did visit, what was the experience like? Had, had you been in the hospital a lot before then? Um, any, anyone that you visited, you know, in your previous life? Or was this really your first experience um, visiting somebody in the hospital? Um, my mom's a nurse. So I've been like in a hospital quite often, mm-hmm. but I've never been in like a children's hospital. Mm. And I remember going there and just being like, dang, like, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, I felt so, I don't even know how to explain it. I just felt so, like, I don't want to say humbled, but, like, sure. you know what I mean? Because yeah. I, like, realized how Eddie's situation, like, he was very fortunate to have, like, have his leukemia discovered, like, in stage one. And, like, he had a really high, like, survival rate. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize, like, the other side of things. And I was so fortunate to like be able to go visit my friend in the hospital and like bring him food or like 
just go like hang out there for a little bit. Yeah. What did you miss most about life before uh, you were diagnosed? Is there something with that extended, uh, with your extended stay in the hospital? Like what, you know, when you woke up one day, what were you craving? What were you missing? Uh, friends, really. Uh, in high school, when I was diagnosed, um, like I was very like active with like clubs and I was also on the dance team and through like those clubs and the team, like I've made so many friends, like even from outside of school, um, I kind of lost a lot of those connections because I was in the hospital for like a long time, like off and on. So I'd have to like stay home and there are some events that I had to like uh, miss out on. Did you feel like your relationships with your friends changed? Um, A lot of them did. Um, I had, I say I had a lot of uh, like friends in high school. I had a lot of connections um, and I lost like a lot of that. And even like connection, even like connections, like near me, like in, in the same school as me, like, like, uh, our relationship has changed and it wasn't the same. Mm. So um, on, on the flip side, I'm sure there's tons of friends that, that you stayed really close with Isabella seeming um, like one, what did great support look like during your cancer journey? Great support looked like when they would come to the hospital to visit me without asking me Mm. because in the time I was in the hospital, especially on days that like I'm really sick, uh, most of the time I would ask my friends like not to visit me. Like I wouldn't ask them like to come visit me. Like, but if they wanted, if they had asked me if they could come visit, like I would say, sure, you can come visit. Um, but there were a few times where friends like just came to visit me like out of the blue and it would like warm my heart a bit. Like, even though I kind of didn't want them there to see me so sick or see me so weak, like they came to support me anyway. And also times like um, when they would like back me up in like, when I get into like these struggles, like with people who don't really know me, we'll probably talk more about that later, but yeah. Mm. So for the, for the person that's thinking that, you know, has a friend that is in the hospital and that thought comes up, I want to go visit them, but I don't know if it's appropriate to just drop in on them. What, what would you say to them? How would you, how would, if you were on the flip side, how would you approach that situation? Um, well, Because the last thing I, would, the last thing I want to do is show up at the hospital and you're so sick that day that you feel bad, but you have to tell me no. Um, and I, I worry about that. And we've mm-hmm. had a lot of conversations about that on this podcast. Um, but for you, it seemed like it was almost the opposite where, you know, even mm-hmm. on some of your days, it still brought you joy whenever mm-hmm. friends would come and surprise you. Yeah. 
I think it's because uh, those times that the friends, my friends did visit me, they had actually contacted my parents mm. instead of me um, if they can come visit. And, and like my parents are with me almost like 24-7 at the hospital. Uh, so they know when a good time to come is. Um, but if I, if I was in a situation like that where I just wanted to like pop in and they like didn't want to see me, like they were just too sick. If they needed, like they needed a space, um, I would definitely like respect that. And yeah. yeah speaking of, yeah. speaking of your parents, how did, how did your parents handle the news and, and, you know, that three and a half, four year journey for you? Um, my mom was pretty strong about it. Um, she would tear up sometimes. Um, but she wouldn't, or at least I didn't see her crying or sobbing a whole lot. Same with my dad. Um, he would tear up and yeah, they would handle it as strong as they can for me. Mm. So I wouldn't have to like get scared from like how the, how they react, how they react to it. Yeah. That'd be such a challenging situation. Um, as a parent, you know, I, you just feel, I would feel that you would feel very, very hopeless in that situation. So mm-hmm. Isabella, you, you mentioned either the half birthday or birthday party. What, what was that story? What, uh, what, can you explain what that day was? Honestly, I don't remember like which <laughs> birthday was. I think because Eddie had like a, I think it was like two birthdays after he was diagnosed. He wasn't able to like celebrate it out of the hospital. Mm. And this was one of those mm-hmm. times. I think this was one of those times where like he was really planning to have it outside of the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we were, I think he had like put on this whole plan of like to go like have food and all this stuff. But then like something happened. So we ended up having to stay in the hospital. So we like gathered this whole thing. It's like, oh, if Eddie can't leave the hospital, let's just go visit him for a little bit. Like, just cause like, we can't, like he can't leave the hospital. So let's just go over. But then his family was there. I think he was planning to have like a birthday party at home, but instead his family from home, like had come to the hospital. So we were just like outside in this little courtyard. And like, we had did all the birthday stuff. Like we blew cake and all that. So mm-hmm. it was nice. That's awesome. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that day, Eddie? Yeah, um, it was 2018. The it was the birthday after, um, like after the diagnosis, um, a year later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I was planning a, a birthday party here at home um, because my last birthday I had to spend it in the hospital, and I thought, oh, like I want to celebrate my birthday like here at home, and um, I just randomly got sick and I had to go to the hot I had to stay at the hospital and um, like my friends and family were suggesting like to still have the party I guess outside of the hospital because we can't have too many people up in the hospital room Um, but yeah we just had a little celebration Um, yeah it was really nice so I'm curious, how are you approaching this next birthday of yours? What, how are you looking at that birthday? You know, 
a day where you share both the day you were diagnosed and the day you were born is is a really interesting concept. And I guess this next birthday for you will be your first cancer-free birthday, technically, correct? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how are you? Wh- wh- uh, have you thought about the day yet? Uh, it's coming up, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's November, and it's, my birthday's in January. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, we're still in quarantine right now, so I don't, I don't know if we'll be able to do anything. But um, like, I'll be pretty happy. I'll be blessed to be cancer-free and having to spend my 21st birthday like out of the hospital and here at home. Mm. It's your 21st birthday, huh? That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. Um, Cool. So, uh, you know, Isabel, you mentioned uh, your mom's a nurse and then supporting Eddie. What, between those two experiences, what has been something surprising that you've learned throughout that? Uh, I just think like, that not much really has changed like between our relationship. Like I remember like I wanted, cause I know like a lot of people would be treating Eddie like he was like fragile and all that. And I didn't want to do that. So I just wanted to like remain constant. So I obviously like I tried my best and obviously some things are going to change. But I think like, despite all that, we've still like come out of it. And like, when you said that's his, it's his first um, quarantine or quarantine his first cancer free birthday, like I was even like so surprised, like totally forgotten that he had just, like his last birthday wasn't cancer free. So even I was so shocked that like Mm -hmm. not much has changed despite everything changing. And that like Eddie still remains like my parents like favorite person. (laughs) person. Is Is he ahead of you in the family hierarchy? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So if, uh, if a new supporter is out there listening, what is one thing that you would tell them to either do or not to do uh, based on your experience? Uh, based on my experience, just like keep doing you because I feel like Eddie, you can like protest if you want, but I feel like if I were in Eddie's shoes, I wouldn't want someone to just be like, so treating me like I'm so fragile, just keep mm. remaining the same person and like be there for them. Mm. Just because like, they're already going through so many changes. There should be at least one constant in their life. So yeah. that's what I tried. <laughs> and, and what do you think about that, Eddie? Uh, yeah, I actually totally agree. Like, not treat me like I'm fragile or I'm weak or I can't do anything because of what happened to me um like I want to be treated like normally like everyone else Mm. um of course there are times where um like I feel like um like I make like like these requests like due to my illness like little things like like, oh, I, like, really need to sit down or, like, like I don't know, like, little things. And I would hope that they would uh, respect my wishes. Yeah, some, mm. somewhere and, around that, yeah. And, you know, communicating about can- about about your cancer, would you prefer people to just be direct, you know, talking maybe those first two months when you saw someone for the first time, 
would you prefer somebody to just come in and speak like nothing is is different and catch up like old friends or you know if i wanted to ask you how you were feeling like how you were seriously feeling uh is it respectful to just ask the question to you uh to me i actually like it when they ask questions because um like leukemia and the whole cancer concepts can sometimes be like confusing sometimes so I actually like it when people ask questions I ask questions myself because that just means like they want to know more about like what I'm going through and like what it is um yeah I think I like it when people ask questions Mm. so Cancer free day that, that day, um, I'm assuming you went to the hospital. Did you run some final tests? And then, um, what, what did that day, what was that day? What did it look like? What was the feeling? Um, it was like, let's just get this over with. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that day I had my last, uh, procedure. I had a procedure, um, for the, I guess, final tap, I think that's what it's called. Um, And I was, before I went into the procedure, I was just thinking like, they're gonna put me to sleep. And when I wake up, like I walk out of this hospital and it'll be over, Mm. like, and then, but sometimes I would be like, well, I'm still coming back for a checkup next week. <laughs> um, but this, but I was really happy about like, um, like uh, effects, like, like side effects, like symptoms, like wearing off, like over time. Like I didn't, I do notice some like changes from then to now. Mm. And what are, what, what's some, some after effects that you've experienced? After effects, um, I had recently uh, got uh, told by the doctor to see an endocrinologist because due to all the medication that I was taking um, throughout treatment, it gave me really low bone density. So I'm probably going to be having to get that checked out soon. Well, I, I appreciate you coming in, um, sharing your story and Isabel coming in and, and um, telling your story about being a supporter. Um, what I, I'm curious, both being dancers, what I, I told you I was going to ask you about dance. So what song mm-hmm. did you dance to whenever you found out you were cancer free? What is what's your cancer free song? <laughs> um. When I found out I was cancer free, what song did I dance to? Um, was or that the there's, one? yeah, what came out what? in April. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see what came out in April. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really been dancing because of quarantine lately, but uh, I'd say. There's something on your mind. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a was one was dance. wannabe out. Yeah, I was gonna say wannabe. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> uh, it's the song "Wannabe" by a K-pop group named Itzy. Yeah, 
So good. <laughs> TikTok uh, has created so many opportunities for so many great dance songs um and it was like it, it like blew up right at the perfect time with with quarantine when everybody was stuck inside just like looking yeah. for uh Something what yeah yeah well, how can i waste this next hour so well i appreciate it <laughs> uh before i ask my last question guys can you both um if somebody resonated with your story they want to connect with you where's the best place for them to reach out and get connected eddie uh, if anyone wants to reach out to get connected, I'd say the best place to reach me is to DM, DM me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Torres underscore Eddie. That's T-O-R-R-E-Z underscore E-D-D-I-E. Awesome. Perfect. And Isabella? Uh, probably the same as well. Um, my Instagram is at Isabella J-R-Z-A. So probably a DM or email, which is just Isabella Dreza 0 at gmail. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, my final question, in your opinion, what's one thing that someone could do to make a difference in the lives of children and young adult cancer patients? Do either of you have some ideas? Um, well, can you repeat the question? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. What's, what is one thing that someone can do to make a difference in the lives of children and young adults with cancer? Um, like what we were talking about before, like, I'd say like asking questions to get, uh, to know more about it and, uh, not to, um, um, sorry, um, what am I doing? <laughs> Lost my train of thought. I, um, for me, it seems like almost not to shy away from the conversation to, to be yeah. positive, to be okay. Um, not understanding mm -hmm. and yeah. not avoiding the fact that you don't know that I, I hear that as, as a thread from a lot of the guests that come on here. Yeah. And also just to be very like aware about their, um, concerns because illnesses like this could be really unpredictable like one day could they could just feel absolutely fine and then the next they could get really sick and they wouldn't be able to um do like their normal daily activities yeah yeah uh isabel anything to add before we close this conversation probably just be there like i feel like just being present is like a really good thing for anyone and especially like with someone who has been stuck in the hospital for the past like few months and especially like with COVID going on, if anyone sure. has like any friends like in the hospital, but like, just like a FaceTime call could mean the world because they're so like used to just seeing like nurses and doctors and their parents. So mm -hmm. it would be nice to just like talk to them and not act like the things going on, but just like kind of get their minds off of it to like relieve that stress that's already on them. Yeah. I think that's a great piece of advice. Well, Eddie, Isabella, thanks for uh, coming on to the show. I really appreciate you both sharing your story and uh, looking forward to staying connected.